question for you um not question i'm sorry we're gonna start off i'm gonna just like introduce you um and then we're already recording or whatever but um one is gonna open it up introduce you we're gonna start with like a little icebreaker it's gonna be very conversational uh interview and just like getting to know um okay okay sounds good all right let me just get up my notes here Welcome to episode 94 of the Black in Fashion podcast. I am your host, Lenise Collier. And of course, we cannot start any podcast without acknowledging our amazing Black-owned business sponsors. This episode is sponsored by J&J Legal. They have a I think I believe a 30 minute, I'm sorry, J&J Legal, um, they help fashion designers and entrepreneurs build their brands, protect their creativity and secure their legacy. They offer legal services and trademarks, copyrights, business formation and contract drafting. Um, book a uh, 20 minute discovery call with them today to get your fashion empire on the right track sooner than rather than later and visit jnjlegalservices.com. You guys can also check out another one of our sponsors, the Alumni Group. They host the dopest brunches and day parties and happy hours and international trips for Black professionals in NYC and LA. Founded by Frandy Napoleon, the Alumni Group brings together NYC's dopest people to network and twerk at the same damn time over dope beats and bottomless mimosas. They are planning a trip to Hinduism in Negro, Jamaica this December, so make sure you all book ASAP and follow the Alumni Group. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest. Her name name is Akia Nicole. Akia Nicole is an independent slow fashion label created for women. Born out of a love for travel, their pieces are designed with the fashion with fashionable traveler in mind. Their collections consist of relaxed silhouettes and rich color palettes and bold prints to allow her to feel both confident and stylish in the most effortless way possible. Every garment is designed and handmade to order using carefully sourced fabrics that are timeless, comfortable, and made to last. Akia, you have an amazing aesthetic thank you for joining me today thank you so much for having me amazing so Akia tell me a little bit about how you grew up and where you're from and how your fashion journey took off so I am from New Jersey so I'm a Jersey girl um grew up in the suburbs I've always loved fashion my mom she's a big shopper so she was always shopping and I think I picked it up from her and I just like to put together outfits. I can remember even like in middle school having like a matching skirt, matching shoes, purse, everything. Um, I think when I was in middle school, I got voted best dress. And then that continued into high school. So I've just always naturally gravitated towards fashion. Um, I did think about being a fashion designer. But after graduating high school, I just decided to pursue a career in the fashion industry I wanted to go into buying, but I ended up going into product development. So I worked for like some major retailers um, in New York for their corporate. But I guess the design aspect really came my senior year of college. And there was a fashion show. And 
I just decided I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this fashion show. And at the time I had a roommate who was also studying fashion merchandising with me. And I was just like, hey, how about we do this fashion show together? And I thought up this idea for a resort wear line and I wanted to do it all white. I don't even know where the idea came from, but that was like my first time actually designing something from like start to finish. Um, And I really just learned on YouTube. I had took a couple of sewing classes before then. Um, but as far as like pattern making and stuff, I didn't really know anything about that. So I really just went to YouTube university and that's where it all began. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. So, um, what would you say is your biggest inspiration? I would say my biggest inspiration probably is travel traveling um so like when I travel I just love to look at like the architecture of buildings um and just really like to understand the culture of the destination and that just really helps to influence me and then I think just the colors the vibrant colors that you see especially when you travel to like tropical destinations those always inspire me for like collections that I design gotcha I love that um would you say that um you are well-traveled and you've like experienced different cultures and different aspects. And that's what maybe have led you to be this way when it comes to your design. Um, I was, I guess I would say I'm well-traveled, but there's still a lot of places that I haven't been to. Um, and just a little bit of backstory. Like when I first started designing, so like my senior year of college, I did design like a resort wear collection, quote unquote. And then you know, I waited a few years and then I kind of sat on the idea for a little bit of just like having a brand. So when I officially launched my brand, I didn't start off with resort wear. It was more, I think I did like a holiday collection. So it was more like sequins and faux furs and velvet pieces, things that you could wear to like holiday parties and going out. And then the second collection was more like a resort wear collection, but I started like flip-flopping between the two. And then I designed like some random stuff in between. And then I would say back in 2015, that's when I caught the travel bug. Um, And I went to St. Lucia for the first time. And that's when I was like, I couldn't really find anything to wear on vacation. So I was like, what if I started designing pieces like to wear? So I would say like traveling in traveling that did help me to solidify like the lane that I wanted to go on through design. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, what's your favorite category to design? Mm, I would say captains, so captains. Or, or dresses. And do you have a favorite material that you like to work with? I love working with chiffon because it's lightweight, um, it's breathable, and it just flows really nicely. Nice. Would you say that it's hard to work with? Because chiffon is one of those lighter fabrics that if you don't sew it exactly the way it needs to get sewn, something's going to be off. <laughs> yeah, it can be It can be a little bit challenging to work with, but I feel like the more that I work with it, um, the better that it gets. Gotcha. Okay. So tell me about a time in your, you know, your entrepreneur journey where um, you may have made a mistake. Um, I call this segment is called it's a success or it's a disaster. Something that you learned from something that, you know, was completely bad that you started to incorporate something new into your business. Mm, I would say probably around like the first year of business. Um, so I started selling on Etsy um, and I had a customer. 
I sent her the item and she said it was uneven or something like that. And then I offered to send her a new one, but I told her she needed to send the old one back. And she was all for it, but then all of a sudden she was like, you know, I don't need to send it back. Like, you need to just send me a new one. She just got really rude. (laughs) And at the time, I'm just like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, I do want to serve people. So I ended up just sending her a second item without getting the first one back. So she probably just, she probably got me, to be honest. Like, she probably just got two items for the price of one. Um, So taking that experience it really helped me to narrow down like my policies and to have policies in place to say like, Hey, like, you know, if you do have to return something, you have to send it back before I send anything out new. And it just really taught me how to deal with difficult customers because I think, you know, when everyone is nice and all the customers are happy, you don't, you're not really prepared for those situations to where you have to deal with someone who's unhappy with that order. So I think that that just really taught me, how to provide better customer service. Gotcha. And what does customer service mean to you? I think customer service just means listening to your customers um, and serving them. I think a lot of times business owners, you know, it's easy to be think the business is about you, but it's really about the customer. Um, so making sure that I'm communicating with them well, Um, making sure that I'm shipping out their orders in a timely fashion. And then if something goes wrong, making sure that I'm available to them to listen to them, whether we need to jump on a Zoom call or, you know, I just need to be responding timely in manner, just really making sure that they get the value that they paid for. Because at the end of the day, like anyone can shop with anyone. They can spend their money with anyone. So I'm just grateful that, people support my business so I just want to do what I can to serve them well gotcha okay so tell me um about how many how many pieces do you feel makes a complete collection like when you're designing do you have a specific number in mind that you like to stick with honestly it depends I would say my more recent collection It was more like a capsule collection, so like five pieces. Um, So I feel like you can do smaller collections, and then you can always, you know, you don't always have to release everything at once. But for someone that makes everything myself, I try to stick with a lower number just to see, just to start to test and see which pieces are working, and then I can expand upon that going forward. Like I can offer like new colors or new materials in that piece, but I just don't want to overdo it because I feel like sometimes when you give people too many options then they're overwhelmed and they don't know what to choose gotcha makes sense um and if you could describe your brand in three adjectives what would you say that that is I would say luxe feminine and effortless perfect perfect and what would you say are some of maybe the distinct characteristics or selling appeal about your brand I think that my pieces are versatile. Um, So they are pieces that, you know, you can wear, you can wear on vacation, but you can also incorporate them into your day-to-day life. Um, So it doesn't just have to be something you can wear on vacation. And I think they're timeless. Um, The fabrics and the prints that I choose to use, they are pieces that can be worn over and over again. Like these are pieces that you can love five years from now. I don't like I 
with fast fashion, I feel like so many people are just used to buying them, like buying clothes and just throwing them away or giving them away and then buying new clothes. But I really want to create pieces that people will love um, (laughs) so that, you know, you can get your money's worth. But so I think, yeah, that's (laughs) that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, Who inspires? Is there anybody in particular that inspires you? That's a good question. I wouldn't say any one person. Um, I think that I'm just inspired by the other Black fashion designers that I see. There's so many like up and coming Black fashion designers. And I just feel like when I see, you know, when I see them chasing their dreams, it allows me to know that I can do it too. Gotcha. That's beautiful. All right. So. What is the hardest material you've ever worked with? And do you find that making things made to order for a specific clientele is extremely profitable than having ready-made pieces? The hardest material probably be silk. Silk. Um, Yeah, because just like chiffon, even though silk is a little bit finer, um, so you just have to make sure you know how to sew it so that <laughs> you don't ruin the fabric. So you really have to take your time with working with that. So I would say silk. And then in terms of made to order, I do feel like you can have a profitable business being made to order. It comes down to how well you're pricing your pieces. I'll say when I first started, my pieces were a lot cheaper. And then I had to think about the time and the labor that I'm putting into the pieces. And I did have to raise my prices so that it can be a profitable business. Of course, if, you know, I was doing manufacturing, it would allow me, you know, to create more pieces so that I could probably sell them faster. Um, but I don't know. I just love the process of slow fashion. Like, yeah, it's a lot to sew, but to know that I was able to sew this person's garment from start to finish. And then, you know, there's times when a customer may say, hey, can you make this a little longer? Or can you make this a little shorter? I'm able to offer them that level of service by being a made-to-order brand as opposed to, you know, a ready-to-wear brand. Gotcha. I love that. Okay. So tell me, um, do you feel as if there's a big big difference between custom and made-to-order? Like, are you ever willing to customize anything for someone or is like you have to, like, you know, you stay true to your design aesthetic and kind of talk about, I guess, how that makes you feel? Because I know sometimes with designers, like when people try, it's like, oh, I want, I like it, but I want this and I want that, which takes away from your aesthetics. How do you deal with things like that? So I do accept custom orders. Um, I've had, you know, some customers that say, hey, I love this piece. Do you offer it in a different color? I try to stick to fabrics that I already have. So that way, you know, I'm not going out and sourcing a completely new fabric. Um, There hasn't really been too many people that try to change the design, but I think in the event that someone wants to change something completely, then we probably would just start to make, you know, them a custom item. So it wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, this is that piece. But we'll say, hey, we'll make you a custom item and kind of just sit down and work through the details with them for that. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. So what has been the most rewarding part of your business? I think the most rewarding part is just, 
seeing the smiles on people's faces when they wear my pieces. I remember one time receiving um, a review and she was just saying she felt so confident. She felt so beautiful in the piece that I designed for her. And she was a plus, she was plus size. So it was really hard for her to find pieces for her to wear. So wearing one of my pieces, she said it made her feel luxurious and, you know, it allowed her like, that's just a piece that she'll remember in a vacation that she'll remember because of that piece. So I think when I receive reviews from my customers, just telling me how the pieces made them feel, it makes me happy to know that like I'm able to create something to help them have a sense of confidence. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so the last part of our interview is called, the segment is called, it's a uh, muse. If you just want to tell me about something you do that kind of helps you get through your day, um, whether it's a mantra, an affirmation, um, meditation, crystal, anything that kind of keeps you going that you would want to share with another entrepreneur. Prayer. <laughs> um, every morning I wake up and I have my morning prayer and I'll read my devotional. And that just really helps to get my mind right so that I can go out and conquer the day. So I would say prayer is definitely a big one for me. Gotcha. All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing a little bit about your background and your story. Um, can you just throw out like all of your social media handles, which we'll also place in the show notes on where people can find you um, and any like last things that you would want us to know if you have any events or, you know, anything coming up that you want to share. So you can follow me on Instagram at Akia Nicole. That's A-K-I-A Nicole. I'm Akia Nicole on Facebook, so you can like my page. And my website is akianicole.com. Gotcha. Amazing. Well, thanks for speaking with me today. And as I always say, stay black. Peace out. Bye. Bye.